I love you. Ladies, men, and gentlefolk, all welcome back to another special potato pick. Potato pick. <laughs> Wasn't that what we were calling it? A French fry threesome? Oh, a French fry threesome? I like that. Uh, yeah, potato, <laughs> we call it a potato pick, but last time we did it, we had not made that decision yet. The first time we did it. The first time we did it, we called it the patron pick. But we realized that we already call you guys potatoes, so why not the potato pick? That just makes so much more sense. You're our lovely couch potatoes. We don't just call you potatoes. You know? Well, that's There's true. To it. I, but, you know, when, we, when I feel close to you, I call you potatoes. Because I'm very close to potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, I love potatoes. I love potatoes. They're, they're amazing, man. They're very, very yeah. hearty. Very yep. healthy. Our, and uh wait wait a second what? are you saying that you're that you've been dipping into the spuds what what no no i don't i don't consume the lovely potatoes i don't know i i think you no. used some terms there that kind of implied that you have taste of no it's because there's a i'm sure i'm sure there was an episode about potatoes from waffles and mochi you know a lovely lovely television show i'm sure i just picked up some of the adjectives that is presented in i that see very special episode because yeah. you learned about potatoes through waffles and mochi because you yeah, are not from this planet no, I don't know shit about uh, most of human ve- uh, most of veggies. I am a human being. Me not being on this planet's a joke. Oh I'm yeah, not that's the, not real. Yeah. I'm not the green traveler from <sighs> you know, Gorsh. I am a I am a human man. I am not the faceless Leon. I'm a human man, and this is a podcast about movies and TV. Yeah, and and this very special human man yeah. came from a very special human mother, and For that sure. human mother is and always will be most likely our number one fan or so is. much and she is the she was the one who submitted this threesome choice that we're going to talk about today and that that is the uh, first three underworld films there are five underworld films yeah. i'm telling you right now i've only watched the first three and i can tell you you don't need to watch four and five i don't think i, have, I well, haven't who knows them, greg <laughs> maybe maybe I'm, they they're maybe they're good if you if you make it through one and two and you are so enthralled by this and we'll talk <laughs> about it there is there is things to be enthralled by yeah, we'll go some into cool it things if if you do do if you do watch you do, this do. and are if you do do if you do watch this and do do at the same time which you are very <laughs> likely to do <laughs> do do <laughs> if you are very likely to do that uh and you do enjoy it go ahead watch four and five but from my opinion you don't have to and uh, the reason my mom she she loves this this series and so does my brother and my i think my dad might too but he falls asleep during every movie so it's hard to tell. <laughs> uh, but but i'm fairly certain that my mom she she told me that she would disown me if i didn't mention this but she only she only put this movie forth and she only loves this movie so much because it popularized a term for werewolves. Right. That is also her last name uh, before she got married. The term lichen, we, we, it's always been a long, I don't know how long back we started calling where our lichen thropes 
you know, we're another v- word for werewolves. Right. That goes way far back. Well, this franchise, the Underworld movies, popularized the shortened version of just calling them lichens. Right. And and my mom was just so in love with that. It just it blew her mind to see her name on the big screen, to hear it constantly be talked about. And so I think she just kind of loves it off of that bias. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I, that's I, why I we're talking it. about it today. That's why we're talking about it today, because she just she absolutely enjoys these films because her name is just constantly mentioned over and over yeah. again. No matter how much I just tell her it comes from the Greek, the Greek root of Lycos, you know, it's just it's it was a Greek <laughs> word that meant wolf. And then yeah. somewhere along the line, we took it and made it lycanthrope for werewolf. And then and then it just shortened it. She just gets her name from that. That's that's all I keep telling her is that that's where it comes <laughs> from. But she loves it. But you it. know what? It's a, really... I think it's as good a reason to like a movie than any reason to like a movie. I mean, you know, art is subjective. And I mean, there's, but there are some. This is subjective. (laughs) This is, by all (laughs) means, this is a very subjective trilogy. Yes. So, though, all right. So, this is, I I have to say that I did have a good time after everything was said and done with all three of these movies. I did. I'll say that up front. I had a good time. So, let's let's go ahead and jump in, though, and synopsize Underworld. Should I should I do the yeah. first one? Yeah. All right, sounds good. Okay. So, Selena Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Uh she is a vampire and her and her family, they hunt down lichens because there's an age-old war between them. And uh she starts to suspect Craven, played by Shane Broly, and so she wakes up Victor, played by Neil uh, Bill Nighy or Nye, I'm just not. I'm, I'm never sure. It's he's. He, I think he's like the best part of this movie. Really, he's definitely hamming it up to all extent. Oh yes, and it's great. I mean, it's what the it role is. needs, really. But he's an elder of the family. There's three elders: yeah. Victor, Marcus, who does not make an appearance in this film, and Amelia. Right, I believe that's it. And Amelia doesn't have any lines. But she's in this no. movie. Yeah. yeah, she's she's an elder who gets killed within like two seconds from a horde of werewolves, right. and it's just like you're an elder. Like right. the other yeah. ones seem like they're very competent and very hard to kill, but you uh, you are kind of trampled. Yeah, on she. Yeah, so so the way it works, which I thought this is like another thing that's like there's a lot of things that are very interesting about this yeah. world in this movie. That's why people love it. This first movie, I don't know that it is super effective in the least in drawing me in. I don't know. It might be the the early two thousands grungy. I don't know what to call it. Latex goth. Grungy angst. Yeah, vampires with guns. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it really did it for me. At least in this first movie, and anyhow. They take turns, the elders. They, they'll they rule for 100 years, and then they'll sleep for 200 while another person is ruling. It's Amelia's right. turn, and but Marcus is going to be awoken. But since Kate, excuse me, Celine, was turned by Victor, she wakes him up to complain about Craven. <laughs> and it's like a big no-no. And really it is, is it's just a complaint. Yeah, 
it really is it is but anyhow she does suspect him of uh consorting with the lichens which is another big right now yeah and and the, so this is as you said this comes in 2003 it's right around when the the Anne Rice paranormal romances were becoming really popular. I mean, she was popular before this, but like, you know, interview with a vampire was like, I think late nineties or something like that. There's, there's this, this vampire romance was just blossoming. Yeah. And I was, I was in a phase. I was like in my, you know, teens when I first watched underworld. And I, I do admit the really enjoying this as a kid because this was right up my angsty alley. I wanted this shit. And it's weird because it's kind of like um, Resident Evil, where Resident Evil is uh, Paul W.S. Anderson directing. It's like a passion project for him. Yeah. And he cast his wife, Mila Jovovich, as the main the main uh, character. Here, it's, it's like a passion project for Lynn Wiseman, who is the director, and Danny McBride, who is the writer. And it's not the comedian Danny McBride of the <laughs> <laughs> This is the End movies. It's a different guy. But... But Lynn Wiseman, he is Kate Beckinsale's husband. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And he, At he the time, his too? Wife. I, I think st- maybe still. Maybe they got divorced. I don't know. But, yeah, that's this was like this was his passion project. I mean, he, the only one he didn't do was the third one, which we'll talk about that when we get there. I, well, he might not have done four and five also. Again, I haven't seen those, but he did one and two. And huh. the world building, like you were talking about, it's so subtle. Like, there's there's just, like, small hints to how this world operates. Right. And, I wanted a lot more. Well, I think it works for the intro. Because I think the, the problem with the next one, when we talk the sequel, uh, Underworld Evolution or whatever, that one, they go heavy with the world building. Right. And they're trying very hard to establish a lot of stuff. And it becomes super convoluted. And it, it kind of starts to lose me. And here, with this one... Since they don't explore it too much, since they just, you know, kind of just force this world into existence and just hope that you'll accept a lot of the details. And I didn't. Hope that they'll, they'll, I, I feel like most people are going in just kind of expecting grungy angst. So, Sure, that's fair. I think that it's just a subtle world just hooks them. And hmm. I agree with you. It, I wasn't hooked because I do wish that the world was a little more explored. Yeah, for sure. But... But it being subtle and it being a very angsty film, I just went with it. And, you know, this one's very fun because when you there's another main character that Kate uh, after she awakens, the, the, the movie starts with like this, uh, this shoot em up, you know, spray and pray yeah. in a subway between the lichens and the, the vampires. It's a what I, like if if it didn't have vampires and werewolves in it. It would be a gangster noir movie. With yeah, it'd be kind of scenes. kind of like Matrix, you know, very yeah. like Matrix feeling. Yes, definitely a lot of pull from the Matrix. You're right. Right. 100%. Right. And and in that scene though, there is a character, Michael Corvin or whatever, who is played by Scott Speedman. Corvinus, <laughs> I think, is Mike what it Corvinus. Is. I thought I didn't know if he had a shortened version because that's the ancestor's name, so it might be the exact same. But oh, you might be right. Shortened. I think that might be part of the story. Anyhow, yeah, I don't give a rat's ass about Michael, but he's important to the plot. Welcome back. 
I'm just going to toss this in here just in case uh, we had right. some ch uh, technical difficulties. So just in case there's a little bit of blip in the conversation, that's why. But we were talking Scott Speedman. Yep. Who plays Michael, Michael Corvin or Michael Corvinus or something, some something. variation of that. Yeah. And for whatever reason, when they're having that they're shoot em up spray and pray scene in the subway between the lichens and the vampires, he's there and yeah. he catches Kate Kate Beckinsale's eye and it's just like that star crossed cro star crossed lover thing. And no, but not he, at all though at the same time it's the worst yeah. <laughs> it's, like there's no connection yeah there is no connection but he becomes special and i don't remember how but he just immediately okay like, they, she thinks he is special so he was all the so i don't know this is a little bit spoilery but it is honestly a pretty old movie i guess skip like five minutes or something but then i blanked on what i wanted to say but <laughs> you gave him five minutes so i did i gave him five minutes it's quite some time so the the lichens are there for michael but so oh, he's special right. because him. of the blood and i think the vampires thought that they that i think the vampires were there by happenstance or they were hunting the lichens or something like that yeah and I so michael they're... gets cross, caught in a crossfire and so from our perspective though in the movie michael just happens to be there we don't find out that that he's important right. to the lichens until later so it is really disconnected and i don't give a flying fuck about michael i Why? You i don't, don't, you don't like scott's <laughs> care i it, you don't you know, like scott i have nothing Sweetman's bland acting I have nothing against him, honestly. He did the job. I don't care. But it's just the story wise, I did, did not care. He did the job. Okay. I'm not saying he did, he did it well. <laughs> he, he did a job. Uh, he did I, a I asked job. that in a question. Sorry, I asked that in a question stance. He did the job? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't think, think he did the job. I thought he was pretty shit throughout this whole, fi this whole franchise. He's very no, boring. He is such a boring, boring hero. And then, he so here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. You find out, and I don't care about spoilers because I don't recommend seeing these films. Uh, here's the thing: is he? You find out he's the hybrid. You know, he is. He he can be part vampire, part werewolf, and it's yeah. like, ooh. Nobody's body could withstand both at the same time up until this point. <laughs> Apparently, and like when you see the werewolves change into the werewolves at least in the first movie it's a pretty good cgi scene it's a good transformation sure not the greatest where not the greatest representation of werewolves i've seen but it's a, it's decent and the 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 effects are nice they're not too bad everything's in very dark blue lighting so you can't really see much of the effects anyways but it, it's not bad and when you see the vampires in their vampire form, it's like, yeah, it's it's whatever. Their eyes are very right. bright. They have fangs. You know, it's typically just Bill Nye and Kate Beckinsale, and they're both hamming it up to a good extent. Yeah. But when you see Michael transform into the hybrid, who fucking cares? He just looks like a like a dude with he's like a gray guy. black hair. Yeah, yeah he's gray. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, but it's in blue lighting, so he just kind of looks like he's just got some like black hair. Like right. he just like I don't know, and then his but face just looks really gross and stupid. He still like, looked like a vampire, really. I don't feel like he looked much of anything like a werewolf. No, but yeah, he's only able to do this, and like like you said, I think we should say fuck it to the spoilers. 
in this episode because it's just going to get too difficult to talk about in the future movies. Right. But like, so he's got this blood, the Corvinus blood. And it's, since it's a major part of the story next time, I'll go, uh, the next episode, Alexander Corvinus was the first immortal. He had two sons and yeah. one of them got bit by a bat. One of them got bit by a wolf and that started these two strands. That's one thing that I find very interesting in this movie is that the vampires and werewolves are very closely related i think that's very interesting and i and you know this war between them which victor kind of veils and shadows it's like oh they started the war and blah yada yada but it's a lot more complicated than that i feel like they could have done a whole lot more with that and i guess they do in the second movie i mean they're doing the third movie that's that's what the whole third movie is about yeah but okay so <laughs> maybe i should save that for closing statements yeah but are Probably. you how, how do you feel about this first movie though do you feel like there's more to say or should we go to closing the, yeah statements? i think there is more to say because uh we haven't even talked about lucian that's true you find out that this big you know all the lichens are kind of working together it's they're supposed to be this like rabid wild dogs you know the vampires <laughs> So yeah, they're not good at teaming up, but they're all rallying around Lucian like they typically do, as you find out throughout most of like in history in the next two right. movies. And Lucian is played by a sexy Michael Sheen. Oh uh, yeah! So what a funny, funny boy! <laughs> right, this is the biggest surprise for me because like I watched Good Omens and I really loved him, and I'm like, oh my god, I love yeah, this actor. So like, I, need, I need more of this actor in my life. And then I watch this and I'm like, oh, he's already been in my life. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, but it's a completely different performance. I honestly it would is. say equally as good. Like, it's not as good yeah. of a, a series. Good Omens is very high quality, oh, yeah. I think. But his performance as Lucian is pretty good. Yeah, my he's my favorite part of the entire franchise like yeah and he was when i was a kid too he was my favorite part because he was the only character that i really actually actively rooted for because i liked him i felt i liked his story i felt bad for his story like there's a lot of sadness there he is a leader who's just trying to do right by his people and at the same time he doesn't really want to fight this war anymore he's kind of just done with it so he's trying to look for a way to just easily end it so he could just be at peace finally and like i He's the only character I really root for. I mean, you're supposed to root for Kate, but she really doesn't have much. She's kind of a 2D cardboard cutout character. Right. And and then and then she becomes this like just weird couple thing with Scott Speedman, which makes just, just like, no absolute sense. Like no, if they maybe would have played up with the lore of vampires being sexual creatures, Maybe that would have been played off a little bit better. Like, okay, I'm with this guy. I, I'm i going to sleep with him. That's because that's what vampires do. But they don't have that as part of their lore. They do have wow. the, They do have some other sexy scenes, but it's not like vampires are drawn <laughs> to it or they use it to lure people to feed right. on. They don't use that in the show. Which... Which let's talk about that. There is a there is a very PG softcore edited porn scene kind of between Kate right. Beckinsale and Scott Speedman. 
and the director is Kate Beckinsale's husband. Like, how awkward was that set that day? Like, he's directing his wife in a sophomore hey, form, basically. All right, listen. Okay, for the other for the other uh, people on set, probably fairly awkward. But for her husband, you know, some people are really into that. Like, I mean, yeah, like, well, I'll. Scott Speedman's like, like, uh, could we not do that? That that's a very wide (laughs) shot. We can't really cover much on that shot. (laughs) I don't I don't know about this. Uh, Uh, No, it was so awkward. Yeah, I I was watching. I think that scene and and my cousin was in the room and she was like, he's not even very attractive. (laughs) (laughs) He was for the two thousands. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) He had the perfect Uh, look for the 2000s. I think, I mean, he works. I mean, the only reason they they slept together was because they they survived, like, a a fight scene together. Right. Where they were, like, both attacked by werewolves and they survived. And it was kind of like that, oh, man, we got to capitalize on this moment. We just, you know, we fought off death. Let's fuck. (laughs) I also think she fed him a little bit. While they oh, yeah, were, but... while they were doing that, or maybe that's in the next episode. I don't fucking know. Yeah, fed him as in gave him blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gross. That's how you get defeated. Yeah, having talked Lucian, and you know, again, Bill Nye is, you know, he's fun and enjoyable. Always. And, you know, I'm ready for the closing statements on the first one, and I give Sounds it good. two and a half stars. It is it's an enjoyable bad. film. Yeah, it's not bad. I like the. I, I understand not liking the their approach to the world building, but in your first movie, if you don't know how well it's gonna do, you don't want to convolute it too much. And I like sure. that they just kind of, they put it in there. They forced some things. They made it. They made it work. You kind of get a hint at how this world works, and they can go ahead and just put a bunch of holes into it and make it very convoluted in the next film when they have a bigger budget but worse effects. Yeah, I. Yeah, that is kind of what happens. And I guess we'll talk about that in just a moment. So, real, real quick, I did forget that uh, Wentworth Miller uh, is in this. He plays Captain Cold and uh, the the Flash series. But... It, oh, who is he? He was, uh, he was Dr. Adam. He, that, which is like... Dr. Adam? Yeah, Dr. Adam, who has a couple of scenes that don't matter, uh, but he tries really hard, Wentworth does, uh, at being Michael's friend, who... It, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I remember him now. Oh, my yeah. God. And he's I got kind of long... It, he's got kind of long hair for what we're used to seeing. He's got, he usually keeps it pretty cropped short nowadays. But well, he's not only is he in uh, not only Captain Cold, right. but he's also in Prison Break, which is probably oh, right, right, more right, popular right. from. That's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> with the guy who plays Heatwave or what, whatever that. Uh, yeah, whatever name, character's name is. Yeah, I mean, it might not be Heatwave. <laughs> Mortar and pestle. I don't know. We got the fire <laughs> guy, and that <laughs> has nothing. I know pestle. there's not. I know. I was thinking like like a firework mortar. Is what I oh, was thinking, gotcha. but then gotcha. Pestle came out. <laughs> Anyhow, my closing statement for this movie is that I honestly did not enjoy it very much, and so I give it a half a face 
for the enjoyment value. I think that they could have, there's just so many interesting things that I think that they could have made pay off a little bit better in this movie, but it was in the time period where every movie had to be, wait, what was the length of this movie before I say something stupid? It was like, it was like two hours and two minutes. Was it two hours? Two hours and one minute. So that honestly, I feel like for this time period was a little bit long for a movie. Yeah. So I think it could have had another half an hour with just to make some things make a little bit more sense. For one thing, Celine and Michael's relationship. It, it, I mean, it's it's like all in a matter of a couple of nights. So it kind of makes sense that they don't have that time to make that connection. But then they don't have that time to make that connection. Save it for the second movie. There doesn't have to be a sex scene in, in your movie. Yeah. Uh, especially if it doesn't make sense, which I don't think it did. And, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I like about this world. So for that reason, like you got to watch this movie if you want to watch the other movies, but I did not, this is my least favorite of the three. I'm going to say that up front. Oh shit. Going up front with that. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, let's move on to the second one because uh, this is my least favorite, I will say. Underworld Evolution comes out three years later. Same writer, same director. You know, you still got husband directing wife. And we get a little more backstory. We get a little more of the world building. But as I've mentioned, the, the, the story building in this in the second movie is so damn convoluted. And it brings up hmm. too many questions. It makes me just wonder way too much when I'm just supposed to be watching a stupid fucking paranormal, you know, so, gang, grungy, angsty sci- uh, sci-fi thing. That's really interesting that you said that. And you said it earlier, and I had to sit back and be like, hmm. Because, honestly, I was, I was never really confused during this movie. Uh, I was more confused during Underworld. Yeah, here's my question in evolution. When you when Marcus is freed because right. he comes out and and before I get into this, let me just go ahead and get get this out of the way. Uh oh, my my sonic screwdriver doesn't work anymore. Oh, oh well, I got you. Die. I got you on this. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Marcus is played by Tony Curran. We have a nice little uh Doctor Who reunion here in this movie. Yeah. Because you have Tony Curran, who plays Van Gogh in my favorite uh, Vincent Van Gogh in my favorite Doctor Who episode, which is just the Doctor and Vincent, or Vincent and the Doctor I think. I think that's the title of it. And he does a good job as Marcus, too. And he does a great job as Marcus, too. He is really fun. Um, But he also plays Vincent Van Gogh, and in that very episode, the curator of a... um, a Van Gogh exhibit yep. who is a huge, you know, he's a huge fan of Van Gogh's artwork. That guy is played by Bill Nye. And it's just, it's this beautiful little reunion here. And Bill Nye plays what's his fuck in this movie. And uh, Victor, Victor. Thank you. And I love it. And there's another doctor who character who makes an appearance later. Derek Jacoby plays Alexander Corvinus. Uh, and he plays the master in a David Tennant episode for like one episode before he regenerates. Yeah, here's my issue with it. Here's the here's where I start first started questioning things, is when Marcus awakes, 
he immediately starts looking for his brother because, again, not worrying about spoilers, you find out he is the very first vampire. Yeah. He is the son of Alexander Corvinus that was bitten by a bat. His brother was bitten by a wolf. William. And that very first – William, thank you. He was the very first werewolf, and he is stuck in that form. He is just yeah. pure chaos in a werewolf's body. But my, uh, But Marcus loves him, and Marcus wants to free mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And Marcus is so damn focused on freeing him that I'm wondering why the fuck would Victor ever be okay with him being out as the sole elder vampire for a whole fucking century when he knows that he's just going to focus on his brother well, okay. and ruin everything. He doesn't know where the keys are. He, he But so, you know he's going to focus on that. Yeah, maybe he so has been trying to, like, but he has to do it this intrigue kind of way where he's trying to get the pieces a little bit by time. But Sonya, so Sonya had, uh, not worrying about spoilers again, Sonya yeah. had the key who we'll talk about later. And then <laughs> she, once that, what happened, happened with her, then Lucian had the key. So he had like no way of knowing that because I think Victor was the only one that knew it was the key. He killed the person who made it. Right. Um, but when he wakes up, you said he goes immediately after it. That's because what woke him up was that werewolf's blood who knew about the key. Mm-hmm. So. But you know, but his, but his attitude, how he acts and how he is so driven you know that when he's going to be awake for 100 years, he's not going to give a fuck about right. the vampire line. He's going to be solely focused on his brother. Maybe. One other argument is that, at least way back in the olden day times, their their force, like all the vampires that they had in their force, were people that were under Victor because Victor was a nobleman and Marcus turned him. Yeah, that that brings up my other issue. <laughs> Why is Marcus not the fucking leader of everything? You find out he is very vindictive. He is very much right. capable of being a leader and being driven by a f- pure focus. But he is an underling to Victor who is very much weaker than him? Yeah, well, okay. So, like, in a physical presence, yes, he is weaker than him. But I think the thing is, is that Victor is his ally and he does see that uh the whole vampire uh family as his literal family it is his blood i I don't know if i feel like he feels a victor as an ally though because in all the flashbacks they're very pitted against each other as enemies they are but they have so they have a similar goal because okay so marcus wants to rein in the werewolves because they are legitimately turning and killing everything they can come across. And like you said, those original werewolves, they they had no control. So he wants to reel them in too. He just can't take it upon himself to kill William because it's his brother who he loves. Played by Brian Steele. Not that you ever get to hear him yeah. talk, but I guess he, that's the guy in the werewolf suit. Uh, he looks good swinging around. He sure does. Yeah. He looks good in fur. I gotta say, though, I do disagree with you. I I enjoyed the scene that they went back to and had that little scene with them. But honestly, I do wish that the whole scene was just 
played in that time period that would right. be a lot more fun uh but it's not it comes back and then the one thing that i really hated about this movie is that they had that prologue and then they went and did like previously on underworld <laughs> and it's like what the fuck is this like just just right. transition into the modern thing if we're here to watch this we probably watch the other one right exactly dvds already existed <laughs> so i'm sure that they probably watched it before they came like like maybe hours or days before <laughs> right it's i don't know everything about the second one i think is just trash it just it keeps the, the cgi as i mentioned is especially awful it when, is when they transition when they do the werewolf transition it looks so choppy it wasn't good in the first one though it wasn't it wasn't good in the first one. one but it was passable in the first one yeah because I don't of know how why. they shot it because of the because yeah. it's also early 2000s 2003 this is 2006 like it's still a little acceptable for 2006 right but but how they show it and it's in such darkness that it just looks awful how they lit, lit the whole thing it's just like oh i hate it so much i would say that there was more detail but because it was there was more detail when it was rendered it was yeah. more choppy yeah that, that makes and it does it does make it less believable yeah and and it bothered me so much the up close effects were good yeah there was some good practical effects yeah and and i did like that and i think marcus's hybrid look was nice i didn't really understand his his, how his arms and wings worked sometimes but that's fine i didn't the wings with the points on them they were like yeah because he could just like fling them out like daggers real fast it was cool effect it was cool but at the same time it looked stupid also (laughs) so so (laughs) he i so michael this is something to to clarify i feel like because i think this is kind of confusing in the movie michael was the first hybrid and marcus only became a hybrid because that werewolf blood woke him up and the corvinuses are the only ones able to become hybrids also oh so i didn't realize i thought he was just always a hybrid i thought he could always just take that form if he wanted to no that is a new thing for marcus when he wakes up and but my question is though because (laughs) the wings obviously are a bat trait so my question is did marcus always have wings like did did victor have wings in the first one i can't recall I don't think he did. No, I don't think so. I don't because Victor is just a, a normal dude turned vampire. So I think I don't think, I think he has so. wings. When he first wakes up, he looks a, a little less normal, dude. I thought that part was cool about the first movie. How it took a while yeah. for the blood to wake him up. That was yeah, because cool. he's drained. That's why he looked. That's why he looked that way. Yeah. He was just drained. You know what? Honestly, this whole thing once again would work better as a TV show that's oh, it man i don't know if i would i don't know if i would that's the thing is you said you said the first one needed an extra half hour i don't know if i could watch an extra half hour okay of this, and i don't think i could watch a whole season of that's this. because of how it's <laughs> written and portrayed is what i'm saying like i feel like you could have this dark tone and have a really cool vampire series based off of it especially if you made it jump around in time 
quite a bit because you could do different things in the different periods where all the elders are and you learn about these different elders and their different ruling styles and how Celine behaves differently under each of their rule. That could be interesting, but that's not what these movies are about. Yeah, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. That's not a... Well, somebody's going to hear it and it's going to get pitched and they're going to make it. This is the shit people want. <laughs> the world is good you're yeah like, you're absolutely right cool. the world there is a lot to it that i would love to explore but yeah. i don't know I, I can't get behind paranormal romantic vampires for a, longer than like an hour oh, and a half definitely not the <laughs> romantic part the the romance in this movie makes no fucking sense <laughs> no. It, it's it is just the same as the second movie but i do think that if they didn't have it in the first movie and then they brought it into this second one, I would have been more satisfied with it because the characters had been together longer. <laughs> well, another another part that pissed me off too is that they fight. So, um, Celine, is this Celine? Yeah, Kate, it's Celine. Kate and Scott. I'm just gonna stick with Kate and Scott. Sure. Kate and Scott are on the run, <laughs> and Marcus is going after them. Yeah. And they fight Marcus like three times and each time marcus proves that he is very capable of just killing them right but right. something something happens that he like falls behind you know he gets crushed into a cliff and he's just like rolls around on the right. ground for a little while and his his little wing is broken he's just like oh i can't fly and but but he knows that kate can't get in the sunlight whereas he can so he's just like i'm just gonna well maybe he can at that point i maybe think he can because he's a hybrid he as well yeah yeah yeah, so it's just, but but he knows Kate can't fight, and he almost killed both of them. Right. So instead of complaining about his little broken wing, he could have just gone and killed them. But no, it's true. No, he goes. He was and much hides. faster than them. And in, and in the second time he fights, he easily basically murders both of them. Right. But he leaves them for dead. He doesn't double tap, and because of that, Kate's okay. She's able to go face him in the showdown. I think that's because. Marcus does have, especially compared to Victor, he does have compassion. What he's really after is his brother. So he's he's so he doesn't really feel he only fights Michael and Celine because they're in the way. He doesn't have anything personal against them. But he also with uh, Tannis. I think his name is the the one guy who he gets the information from. He oh, the historian. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has nothing against that guy either and actually respects him. And he kills him to get the information out of him. So it's that's true. It, He's yeah, ruthless. He's he is ruthless, but I, I don't think he holds a grudge. Yeah, but he knows Kate's going to come after him. And he knows that this is going to possibly ruin his plan if he doesn't fucking kill her. Yeah. And he's like, nope, I've killed I've killed Michael. And by well, killed, I mean drove something through his chest. So he must be dead. It's a but classic antagonist mistake. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it really pisses me off here. <laughs> But that final battle, that final battle where he finally releases his brother and you have, you know, crazy ass werewolf and hybrid vampire versus hybrid vampire werewolf and crazy ass vampire Uh who drank 
who drank Corvina's blood and is now also uh, uh, Kate is now also a, a hybrid because she drank Elder oh, yeah. Corvinus's blood. I forgot. And so now she's apparently more powerful, so that's why she's able to survive the final boss battle. It's not much. She brings a bunch of cannon fodder. She brings like seven men who can be easily killed. So mm-hmm. that provides some entertainment. You watch them die in various ways, and that's like, ha that one like got eaten, or that one got flew into a, a blade chopper, ha, and like it, it's it's amusing. And then you get to the final the final boss battle where it's the the four of them, and I say the four of them because Scott's not actually dead. Lo and behold, he just comes back to life because fuck us, who needs a goddamn well, story that we've been showing? Well, they have showed that they can heal rather quickly. But he got um like a huge chunk of wood shoved through his chest. His heart's no longer there. Yeah, like that's where the hole was. <laughs> so what? Did, did the heart grow back? Do they just need a brain? Maybe, Is that all that you need? Maybe maybe they just need the blood. There's a lot about the blood in in this series. It's they're immortals and it's ridiculous. And the final battle between the four of them is, in my opinion not that exciting at all it lasts like maybe a, it, it, I, i'm probably under exaggerating to me it feels like it lasts like a minute where mm. it's just the four of them fighting and how they kill them is just ludicrous i don't you don't you don't like the the saw the thing the with the helicopter yeah there, there's a helicopter death and yeah. then there's a uh a head ripped off or something like that from the jaw oh yeah head. yeah michael like puts his fingers in the werewolf's mouth and pulls them apart yeah, and just pulls them apart and it, it looks cool like yeah. yeah that's badass but it just happened so fast and they were they were built up to be such monstrous things and they had kicked my uh scott and and kate's ass so handily just yeah. one of them had so handily yeah. twice already that it's just, I'm like, really? This is just, I don't know, it's just a pitiful ending, in my opinion. Like, I'm just leading into my closing statements. I give it one and a half stars. It's, sure. As I said, it's my least favorite. It's, it, I don't know, when, when, when Bill Nye is on screen, even though he is always enjoyable when he's hamming it up, he is really hamming it up in this one. Like, it is, he's doing all the, oh, the, the facial expressions and the tisks and, and, and clicking his lips and everything. Uh, uh, Victor or uh, or Marcus? Yeah, Bill Nye. Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. Yeah, Victor. Yeah. He's he's not in this movie a whole lot. It's it's only no. in the flashbacks. Yeah, but when he is, he is hamming it hardcore, and he's doing yeah. all of those. those it's just the way he talks, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> He is an actor, <laughs> uh, but no, I don't. I, I really, yeah, I really don't like this one. Uh, I don't know. When I watch it, I'm not entertained by the plot. Them going so deep into the backstory, that is nice. I do like the world building, but the way they do it and all of these just humongous exposition dump scenes, where it's like, all right, now two characters are just gonna sit down at a table and they're gonna talk for a long fucking time about the history of all of this i'm toning out it's a grunge action film like just give me something and then they do but the effects are bad and everything's blue <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't say that i uh enjoyed that scene 
where Tannis ex- is explaining stuff. But I do have to say, man, I'm much more into any any movie that just gives me some lore over the action scenes. I really am. So I typically I enjoy the scenes that are with history type characters like Tannis. Uh, and Tannis is an all right in character. But I did want to say something uh, before I do my closing statement about Corvinus. Like, I think Derek Jacoby did an interesting job, but like he is so underutilized. And he's like, like throughout the first half of the movie, they don't say who he is. And they're just like alluding to him being some kind of secret supernatural police, like the head of it. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, this is actually Marcus's daddy. And it's 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 like, okay, sure. I guess I kind of saw that coming, but it also didn't make any sense. There was one particular time where they uh, I don't remember what the shot leading up to it was, but all of a sudden it was uh, Corvinus like with his hand on his chin looking uh woefully or something out the window and then it cuts to selena and they do a thing or two and then it goes back to what they were doing in the the first scene (laughs) like before the corvinus shot and i'm like right what was the point of those two shots they did nothing they did nothing for the movie i don't understand because it's because those it's because those scenes were very exposition and they get boring after a while when they when they test it with audiences people start to tune out from shit and they're just like they notice when people tune out and they're like all right we need to add cuts here and here because people are tuning out they're going i guess to their phones. so it's too... eh. i'm tuning out now exactly. i think okay exactly. so <laughs> exactly though i have to say man for my closing statement did you uh, i'm sorry did you give it a star rating i don't know yeah one and a half one and a half okay see though i'm the exact opposite of you i liked this movie over the other movie i think having more of the world there was cool i think they could have done a better job of integrating that prologue and maybe some other scenes from the past and that would have been better instead of using like tannis the way that they did um right that could have been cool uh, maybe even could have used uh, uh, Derek Jacoby's character in the back flashes, the fat flashbacks, whatever, um, as well. <laughs> but anyhow, I still I'm going to give it a, a full face because I did enjoy it a lot more than the other yeah. one. Uh, I don't know why I sure as shit did, though. So that's what I'll have to say. That's fair. Full face movie. That's all right. And, I'll go. I'll go ahead and synopsize Rise of the Lichens if you if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it because this is a different different director. It's still written by Danny McBride and a couple other people joined him, but now we have a different director in Patrick Tatopoulos. So we bring back in Lucian to tell his story yes. in the past. This is the only movie not based in modern day. So we go back in time to tell the story that they told twice already in this series uh so the necessity of this movie is um non-existent but (laughs) it it is interesting and you know if this was the only movie it still would have worked it's kind of not a non sequitur from the show 
at the same time yeah. as already being done in 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 the series. Right. So, right. So. <laughs> Victor, yeah, that's the beauty of this yeah, movie. it really is. So though, it does though kind of make it a little more enjoyable though too because it, you can take it as a separate chunk, even though it's using these characters that have already. You know, Tannis is in this movie, right? I think I remember that he's yeah. in it, but I don't. Yeah, he helps. He helps uh, Sonya and Lucian out. Uh, right. And that's how he got in trouble in the first place. Played by Stephen McIntosh. Honestly, an interesting actor. Uh, I I don't know that he necessarily seems like he wants to be there. But he kind of reminds me... <laughs> I, I can't remember the actor's name, but I'm not going to find it in my head. But there's this guy... Just cut all that. I don't know plays. who the fuck he is. I, I do... In Once Upon a Time, he played the Dark One before Robert... Carlisle took over. Oh, yeah, that doesn't uh, help me. Yeah, it doesn't help you, but he's in other things. Like, I've seen it. I remember him playing a mad scientist once, which was perfect for him. I feel like he could be a good Victor von Frankenstein, but I don't think he's ever played that. Doesn't matter. We're talking about Stephen McIntosh, but I think I'm also done talking about him. The synopsis <laughs> of this movie Lucian. For some reason, was born to some lichens, but he was able to maintain his human form. Yeah. Victor, who is the ruling elder at the time, decides that he can use Lucian's blood to create more a race of lichens that can be used as slaves. So he sets up a whole system where these werewolves are his bodyguards. Uh, labor force whatever he wants him to be but lucian is his favorite so because lucian is his favorite lucian has the opportunity to get close to sonya played by rona uh mitra who looks surprisingly but also it's kind of like it kind of gives you some mind distant dissonance because she looks a lot like Kate Beckinsale, and that's the point right. because they mention in in a in a episode before that Victor turned uh, Celine because he remi- she reminded him of Sonia who he lost, but as as we know after watching this that he actually murdered. But anyhow, because <laughs> <laughs> we're not worried about spoilers, we're already decided. Womp womp. It is weird mind dissonance thing and it's even stranger because when they first told this story Sonya was definitely a blonde woman but I digress (laughs) I didn't really notice I was they tell the as you said they tell the exact same story but of the details of it you know it's it's whatever it it looked close enough like all right (laughs) eventually Lucian still played by michael sheen very well um yes best, he, best part of the movie yet again definitely definitely though i i enjoy victor i enjoy a lot of the characters I, this movie honestly is a lot more enjoyable than the first one i still think but it just just did not I, need I to happen with that it just did not need to happen anyhow eventually lucian with the help of sonya decides to rebel or first maybe they try to run away i don't remember exactly 
Victor finds out that they were lovers. Yeah, that's the reason they're trying to run away is because they're lovers and their their love can't happen. Right. Because he's a werewolf and she's a vampire. And, and this romance actually makes sense. McCoy. Like Yeah. You know, like they've actually had a life to spend together, like secretly. Yeah. But that is a lot more compelling story than hey, I met you the other day and just happened to save your life, but you are <laughs> a werewolf and Let's I'm fuck. a vampire. Yeah. So <laughs> The rebellion goes, and that's the rise of the lichens. That's that's the yeah, show. yeah. It's it's a slave rebellion story, but told with werewolves. Yeah, and the CGI is back to being you know it's good. I really do like yeah. the CGI in this one. It's it doesn't bad. look bad. It, it it's passable. It's it, it's not aged great, but it's it's not bad. I enjoy the werewolves here. I enjoy their story. You feel a lot for them. I like Sonya. She's well acted. Uh, Rona Mitra does a great job. Yeah, she does. It, but it's it's so weird because it's just it just seems like a copy of of Celine. I mean, that basically is all she is. She is a rebellious rebellious princess character. You know, there's really not much to say about this one because, as you said, it's incredibly unnecessary. We know the outcome of the story. We know what's going to happen. We know what characters are going to die and what characters are not going to die. So I almost honestly recommend watching this first. But the problem is is that it's a spoiler for the other two movies. Watch this and only this. <laughs> Don't even worry about the other two movies. <laughs> this one's fine. This one's, yeah, this one's passable. Yeah. I don't like them taking a slave rebellion story and you know, supplanting it on the werewolves that are mostly white people, but that's it, fair. It's whatever. Uh, besides Raz, I do like Raz. Yeah, he is a played good character. by Kevin Graveau, maybe or Grovier. Uh, anyhow, he's got one hell of an interesting voice. I like. Yeah. I feel like that's his he, natural yeah. speaking voice. That, yeah, he's but very it's so intimidating. Weird. Yeah, definitely. And he was in the first movie too, uh, but not in the second. And that's one of the things that's sad is like you you watch him build up this relationship with Lucian, and then you think about how they died in the first movie, and you're just like, man, right, yeah. None of those, all those deaths are bittersweet and are not deserving of the acts of heroism that we're seeing here. You yeah, know, it's yeah. just like they're re- they're really cool here, and then you think about their deaths, and it's like, oh man, they, just, they really didn't put much thought in. Them, no, in because like ended. in that first movie, the war seemed so gray. Like you know, there was no good guy, mm-hmm. bad guy. Where in this mm-hmm. one, like obviously the werewolves were oppressed by the vampires, and that wasn't cool. They're both immortals for one thing, and for another thing, slavery is never okay. As I said, there's not really much more to talk about. I feel uh, with this with this movie, but there was one thing that really did piss me off that I wanted to talk about. And that's, again, we know which characters are going to die because we know what characters are still around in the first movie. Yeah. And at the at the end, you had the final, you know, very climactic, like, oh, we've, we've been working all this way to get to the Lucian versus Bill Nye, uh, Victor, you know, standoff. We know neither of the characters are going to die because they're in the first movie. Right, exactly. But we've been, we've been building up to this moment. And you have you have a moment where... Lucian gets the upper hand and he he can easily just move Victor into the sunlight and immediately right. kill him or 
he can stab him through the mouth and let him fall into a well and be like, he dead, even though I've seen him, you know, heal yeah. 1,000 fucking times since right. I've been born. Right. And it's just, why didn't you kill him? Well, because he's alive in the first movie and we couldn't kill him. So he couldn't just push him into the sunlight and make him burn like he burned his fucking daughter, which would have been a very cathartic moment for Lucian to be like, I'm yes, going to burn you was. like you burned the love of my life. No, no, we're going to stab him through the mouth, drop him in a well. That's got to do it. That'll do it. It didn't work in the fucking ring, but... So closing statements? Yeah, closing statements. I mean, it, it, as I said, this and only this. You don't need to watch the first two movies. Out of the threesome, this is the one that wins. Because, you know, I, I, I'm okay with the first one. The second one, I just, I can't. And then this one, this is passable. This is fine. It's it's an, it's an enjoyable movie. It's completely unnecessary in the canon of the franchise. But if it had happened first, this would have been good. I yeah. would have been okay with this. Yeah, I'm 100% with that. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, uh, another full-faced movie. Uh, this probably is a better movie than the second movie. But honestly, and I, I was thinking I was going to give it to the second movie. Because I thought the story was more compelling. Especially for a world that was like, hey, modern day vampire werewolf war movie. It seemed the the story in that seemed a little bit more interesting than the first movie for sure. But for this movie, like you said, if this came out, if this was the first thing or if this was the only thing, it would have been great. But it doesn't. It just was so unnecessary because they literally (laughs) told the story twice before. Exactly. Exactly. You know precisely what's going to happen. Yeah, and, so, and how it's gonna look because we've already seen the flashback of the scenes that are important. Right. Yeah, so I would say if you're, I don't know. I mean, they made a fourth and a fifth movie, and I have to say I'm curious. I'm curious enough to watch them at some point, but I'm gonna wait for them to be streamable again because they took them <laughs> off of the stream just for this new movie that just came out. Like I swear, when your mom uh, recommended this. I found them. I found them on a, tri- uh, a streaming site on, on Tubi. And right. I was like, okay, cool. And then it wasn't there because the new movie came out and they want people to rent the movies. <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> so we rented it's not them. Worth it. But that's okay. Um, you know, you guys. No, it's not. You potatoes out there are our are, are patrons. We appreciate your contributions so much. And uh, this is for you, so we're totally cool with, you know, spending a little bit of money from time to time to make you guys happy and give you things that you deserve. Nice, bright, shiny things that we complain about. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to hear more of us complaining, you can always give us some absolute garbage films to watch by joining our Patreon. You could subscribe, and uh, if you if you contribute enough, if you if you decide to go up up the tiers, up the ladders that mm. are offered, uh, you can recommend your own threesome, and you can torture us. You can give us some beauties, and you know, and hear us gush. Yeah. Whatever your heart desires. That being said, any of our patrons get the right to vote on what this episode might be. So go check out those tiers and 
other merch opportunities at patreon.com slash green and faceless we'd really appreciate your support uh but we will always make this show for free because really i just love hanging out with you greenie i love yeah, it. i love hanging out with you and movies and i just are love hearing the sound of my voice yeah it is nice and oh i was talking your about voice is good voice. too oh i was gonna say it. yours is a- <laughs> I, I like a lot. i like yours too i i like yours too but it'd be, it, it's harder for me because if if and, and someday we will be able to be in the same room and do this uh, do this together, and it'll feel much better for me. I feel because I a lot of times there's a little delay in both of us. Yeah. So there's there's moments where where I feel like we're low energy because we're kind of just waiting for the other one. We don't want to step on each other's toes. Sure. But yeah, when we're, when we're able to get together, it'll be a beautiful thing. It will. And be. then I'll love your voice. And it's coming soon. And then you'll love my voice. Okay, just right now you yeah. like it. You just like it right now. Yeah, right now it's all right. Okay. It's good. Anyhow, I want to say thank you very much to Del McCallahan for recommending yeah. these movies. I did have fun watching them. I did. Delma Lakin. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, I, that's the show. That's the show. I have been the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless Leon. Thank you so much for listening. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash green and faceless you can also find more information about us on our facebook account or on the fiction works 19 instagram account thank you so much for listening